0: Sonia Ellison here with WVINWABH doing a special interview today with legislator Mike Hanna, who was a former tomb guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. We're going to talk a little more about that and what's coming up in celebration of that uh, for Armistice Day. Mike, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, thank you for your service, uh, both as a legislator and uh, tomb guard. And uh, you also have a military background. Uh, previously before this?
1: No, no. Hmm.
0: So you don't need, like, a military background to do this?
1: No, well, as far as, yeah, I was in the Army starting. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. November 11th is Armistice Uh, Day and also the centennial of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier being built and putting to rest soldiers from the Civil War onward, correct? No,
1: First World War. The First World War.
0: Uh, Can you explain a brief history of the tomb, since uh, some of our listeners aren't familiar with that?
1: Well, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier is located in Arlington National Cemetery. The first body was identified. Unknown Soldier was identified in France 100 years ago, and it was transported to Arlington Cemetery, where it's buried underneath the tomb. And then uh, uh, they uh, identified another unknown from World War II, the Korean War in Vietnam. But Vietnam they've identified that body through DNA. So that body was removed. Oh wow. So currently it's World War One, World War Two and the Korean War have bodies there. Wow. At the tomb. So this year is a hundred years since the first body was identified. So there's a big celebration going on.
0: And uh, you said you were in the Army uh, before this. How long uh, were you in the Army before you served as a tomb guard? This well, was I, in 1965,
1: right? I went in the Army in April of 1964. Okay. When I became a tomb guard in January of 1965, and I was there until April of 1966 when I discharged. Yeah.
0: What was an average day like for you from start? to finish? Well,
1: our main quarters were located in Fort Myer, Virginia, which is right outside the gate of Arlington. And we would get up real early, probably 4, 4.30, shower and we had a, two drivers that transported us around. Um, a driver would pick us up and take us through Arlington down to the tomb. And our f- the re- there was another relief on. That relief came off at 7 and we started at 7 and a full complement of each relief was four soldiers and one relief commander, usually um, a full-time military person that had been in the Army a while. Usually they had to be at least E-7 to be a relief commander. Um, So we all all started walking at seven, one person at a time, naturally, and we're on one hour on, three hours off for 24 hours. Except at night, when the cemetery closed, we went two hours on and four hours off. Mm -hmm. And in between walking what we call walking the mat, um, we had tasks we had to do. We had a list that we had to follow. Washing windows, scrubbing floors, things like that.
0: There were some acts of vandalism, uh, right? Like, uh, I think one of the articles you sent me, there, there was some brief mention of it, I think... What, in the 20s or something like that? Shortly after it was put up, did you experience any of that or anybody no, trying no. to rob it or anything bad like that?
1: No, the only thing that when I was on the mat, um, one of, you know, our focus was if anybody tried, there was a, a chain around where the crowd could stay back away from the tomb. And once in a while, somebody would try to get underneath the chain and approach the tomb, and we had to get in between them ah. and the tomb to protect the tomb. But there was also plainclothes security people around the whole area. So they were always keeping an eye on it also. I had one child do that, and I think two mothers. You know, a lot of mothers that their sons were never identified from the war, or yeah. their daughters. They wanna see it up close yeah, probably, and they yeah. they wanna touch it. They wanna touch the tomb. So one of the things we had to do when we were walking is make, keep, keep aware of anybody getting underneath the chain. You know.
0: Explain the code for dress, presentation, and conduct uh, while serving. Does this apply off-the-clock as well as on-the-clock as a sentinel?
1: Yeah. We, um, during the day, we would wear dress blues, and at night, we would wear dress greens. But when we came off the mat, we went into our civilian clothes. So the only time, one of the nice things about the duty, the only time we wore uniforms, we are on the mat. Otherwise, we're in, uh, we were in civilian clothes all the time. And we always wore tailored pants, tailored shirts, starch pants, starch shirts. Um, So we were as as proud of our, you know, we had a lot of pride that we carried no matter where we were, out in the community or, yeah. That mindset, we maintained that mindset, yeah.
0: What was the most challenging part of the job, would you say?
1: The most challenging part was the guard change. Yeah, that that was required a lot of preciseness. and you're always trying to do better. You're always trying to keep the guard changes as accurate as possible. Um, so that was the toughest part of the job. And then when you walk the mat, you're, everything's based on 21, the count of 21, 21 gun salute, the highest tribute you can pay. So the mat, when you're walking the mat, you're, you're walking 21 steps. And you go to one end of the mat and face DC and count to 21. Then you turn back down the mat, take your weapon from your right shoulder, put it on your left, count to 21, and then walk 21 steps to the other end and then repeat the same process. Yeah, And we were, we had to, we had to hit 21 seconds. We were timed, we were checked all the time to make sure we could hit 21 seconds. That was, but you got so used to it. I'd be on the mat, and I know I lost my count because I was distracted by something, and all at once I'd be turning down the mat, and I'd say, Whoa, what happened? <laughs> so I think it was <laughs> it was branded in my head or something, that 21 seconds, yeah, yeah. The guard change, that's what we all went for because that's how we were evaluated. <laughs> Our performance, I mean, all the other stuff, the cleaning and the scrubbing mm-hmm. and the polishing, was all part of it. But what mattered was how well you performed on that mat, and that's how mm-hmm. we judged each other as a group. Because at that point there was only twelve guards. Now there, I think there's twenty-four guards. You know.
0: What parts of the job did you enjoy most, or was your favorite part of serving as a sentinel? Would you say?
1: Walking the mat. Walking the mat. That was I. That's what I was there for. Yeah, and that was a. That was the most enjoyable part of it.
0: Yeah. But also the most challenging.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Because you're always trying to improve, we are always doing extra practicing. And yeah, it's training. not easy to do a good comes salute. In, a new guard comes in because naturally as it's transition. That guard had to get used to changing with the other guards and your cadence, and um, so you're always practicing and trying to make it better. And if for some reason a guard was having trouble with a certain change, or you couldn't get your heel clicks together or your weapons together at the same time, you practice it because. It had to be as perfect as you could make it, even though perfection wasn't attainable. It was so Cl-
0: close to it as possible, right? It's humanly close, possible. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> always making the effort. That was had to be part of the mindset of being there. Yeah.
0: The May 2021 American Legion article you sent called "Sacred" it mentions the Society of the Honor Guard. Uh, That was established in April of 1946 to help fellow Sentinel Guards. Are you a member, and if so, have they helped you or anyone that you know out in any way?
1: Yeah, I'm a member. Um, Well, we have our dues go towards, we do help maybe a a fallen soldier who was a guard, and we do have scholarships for his children. Oh, great. Uh, A lot of this this has been worked on this celebration for several years now. We've been working on this. And I was on one of the original committees, but then they wanted me in D.C. like three or four times a year, and I just couldn't do it with my job. So, yeah. But a lot of it is the society has it's um, put this whole thing together, and there's some of the guards are actually going to France and visit the cemetery where the first body came from. Yeah, it's 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 a big deal.
0: It's a yeah. big deal. I mean, it's it's a pretty international celebration. We we'll we'll kind of get get into that later. Uh, that same article. Describes a unique and close bond among the Tomb Guards. It sounds like you did make some lifelong friends you still keep in touch with there, right? Yeah. Based um, on like the, the Society of the Honor Guard. It sounds well, like that's Well, again,
1: there. there was 12 of us. You know, I was quite a while ago, so a lot mm-hmm. of the guards, I can't say a lot, but some of the guards have passed away. My sergeant, who was Sergeant Spates, he was the first uh, relief commander I had. Um, he was killed in Vietnam. He and I were pretty close. Uh-huh. I stayed in touch with his family until his parents passed away. Uh, another friend of mine, Ben Higdon, who was my close friend, he passed away. So the others, we kind of dispersed. You know, I think the Internet today makes it a lot easier for the younger guards mm-hmm. to communicate. But back then it was just writing letters. And then Ooh. I came home and worked and went to college, and I, most of those other guys did also. So kind of lost track. It, this has regenerated some of that. Every once in a I get a phone call, oh, what are you doing, and things like that. But, yeah, so that's been good.
0: Well, that's pretty good, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you still have a few, yeah, oh yeah,
1: that's not yeah. a bad
0: deal, I mean, it's you got to have somebody to share that bond and, and those memories yeah. with, right yeah
1: <laughs> well, you compare notes,
0: yes, oh, well, yeah, what did you do <laughs> and I mean you you always remember it differently than another person does sometimes yeah. sometimes it's similar, sometimes not, you know, yeah. and always yeah. uh remind people, or you'll have a memory that somebody. Forgot and then you'll, yeah. you'll stir it up. So that's pretty. A lot special. of great memories.
1: A lot of great memories. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very unique uh, experience to share. <laughs> Thanks to the help of the internet, the urban legend emerged that tomb guards lived almost within a secret society and like you know kind of like monks celibate no drinking <laughs> no smoking was the rumors <laughs> uh former guard Mick McElvena said the rumor is due to the public not understanding the mission of the tomb what in your own words is the tomb's mission or is there a certain uh official motto that encapsulates that mission well
1: in front of the tomb it says here rests an honor glory American soldier known what to God and that's what we're there for to honor that soldier and I think that's the mission of the tomb is to never let society forget the unknowns we lost in, in combat, and that we owe them a debt and continue to recognize them. It's very it's very moving when you're there, yeah. Very moving, because you're out there, especially at night, you're out there alone. Uh, during the day, you know, there's there's the tourists are out there, but at night, it's back when I was there, it was pitch black, and you're out there alone, so there's, there's a lot of meaning to it, you know, yeah. A lot of meaning to it.
0: I mean, you talk about uh, observing moments of silence for for military. That's a common practice, but you know, having it be your job, and then it's it's probably the silence probably hits you more in the dark. It sounds like.
1: Yes, yes, and you were checked on at night. They would try to sergeants would try to sneak up on you to see if you could. Uh, if you had fallen asleep or something.
0: So. Oh, yeah, testing you. Yeah. They
1: test. And then they would test us on our history, our knowledge of the history of Arlington and, and things like that.
0: So. Mm-hmm. so, I mean, you guys didn't answer any questions. Like, if somebody had, like, a visitor or a tourist or whatever came to see it and they had a question, would you guys answer that or under code you were supposed to be silent as a guard?
1: All silent, yeah. We actually, I don't know if they still do it, we, weren't, we didn't blink until you could blink when you're that when you're the farthest away from the tourist like that was like the middle of the mat you blink and relax your eyes but when you were at the end of the match you didn't blink uh, that was kind of the guards we did all these things as guards it wasn't required as military but we kind of did all these things because i guess we were perfectionists mm-hmm. or compulsive um but you know shine the springs on our beds and a lot of times we didn't sleep in our beds because we didn't want to wrinkle the sheets and mm-hmm. slept on the floor. Wax, all our lockers were all paste wax. All the rivets were shined. Yeah.
0: Always up to All code. this <laughs>
1: crazy stuff we used to do. So, yeah.
0: What was the typical length of the term of service for somebody in the position as guard?
1: Well, it varied with, uh, you know, when I got there, uh, I had 15 months left, so I was there the rest of my tour. Um, some guards are there longer, depending on when they hit. You know, I had gone to basic and advanced infantry training and I was going to pre-jump school for paratroopers and that's when they approached me and asked me to go to DC and try out, so. But you go, when you go first go to DC, you try out for honor guard first. You have to be an honor guard. Um, and there's two honor guards. There's presidential honor guard, which I got into, and then there's honor guard. Presidential is when you see on TV the high level funerals, that's presidential honor guard. Then below that are line companies, and they take care of the daily funerals in Arlington. But presidential honor, honor guard consisted of tomb guards, the Army Fife and Drum Corps, and milit- uh, the drill team, um, firing party, presidential firing party, par- presidential casket bears. So from there, you would, you would try out for the tomb when an opening came up.
0: What does your time as a sentinel mean to you?
1: Oh, it's like in that article, mm-hmm. uh, Sonia, it's sacred. It really is. And that, that came out in preparation for the celebration. Um, what did it really mean to me, which is sacred to, my, to me as a person in my time there. But it made, the realization came again um, in getting ready for this celebration and all that's involved in it. So it was an honor, it was an honor. It was a blessing. It was an honor and a blessing. Because sometimes I'd question, how did I get there? So for some reason I ended up there, you know, so.
0: What was the greatest lesson you learned while serving at the tomb of the unknown soldier?
1: Well, I was what, 20 years old when I left. I guess at that age, the focus and the discipline and the purpose that I left with. Uh it changed my life. I was a much different person when I when I left the military, which happens to a lot of soldiers, but I was a much different person. You know, the discipline and I still carry that with me. I still wear starch shirts and starch dress khakis and shine my shoes and keep my hair short and
0: all the good habits. Yeah, all the good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know it's Presentation, it matters. Yeah, yeah. It matters it a lot. Does,
0: yeah. First impressions for sure, yeah. yeah. I mean you working in politics as a legislator, you you probably know that. Yeah.
1: When you're on that mat, it was you're right, that's a good word, presentation. It was just how well you looked. We were always trying to look better. You know, we're lifting weights and mm-hmm. doing diets and running and everybody was it's very competitive, even though the group of four were a unit. And we want to have the best guard changes versus the other eight. But you were competitive. Who that's, could do the best guard change? Who that's had,
0: good, though. I mean, if oh you, yeah, that's kept us. On you our need toes. that. Yeah, yeah, you need that teamwork dynamic. Yeah. I mean, it's not a, a really good team unless you better one yeah. another. You know.
1: There was a, there was somewhat of a pecking order to it. Also, who changed the hierarchy?
0: Yeah. Yeah, there was
1: hierarchy. <laughs> you know, usually the top guard would select what guard he was going to change with because he wanted the best guard changes. You
0: know. Wow. This centennial, which will be held on Armistice Day on November 11th, will happen in Arlington, as well as the Seaport Museum in Philadelphia. That's for our East Coast people, as well as all over the country and even internationally. Um, Do you know of any uh, local celebrations or observations, and uh, how do you intend to celebrate the tomb's upcoming centennial this year?
1: Well, I'm going to D.C. for the celebration. Um, But what I've been doing through, we have an education area, of the society, there's a couple guys that oversee education, and they receive requests to do presentations. And I, far as they can figure out, I'm the local, um, the closest to a lot of these presentations, like we have one scheduled for Buffalo, one in Syracuse, one in Utica, and then I'm doing um, historical society in Prattsburgh I'm doing the Hamsport Library. so. That's what I'm. My involvement is going out and letting this be known, just like why I'm here today, um, to, to let people know this is what's going on it's at uh, at Arlington in hundred years for the too many unknown soldier, to remind people. Yeah. So, that's my involvement. Yeah.
0: Mike Hanna, legislator and former tomb guard um, and sentinel or sentinel. It's an entertainment you can yeah, use, right. yeah, they're yeah. both the same, same thing, right? Different Recallers names for the same title. Us, yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, to talk about this. And um, yeah, hopefully the public will go out to some of your talks and, uh, you know, take a moment to remember on Armistice Day.
1: Well, thank you very much for your time and um, to the radio station for letting me come on. It was a pleasure. Thanks yeah. for
0: coming.